Good morning. I uh, wanted to take just a quick moment to share a strong encouragement. Um, to have your eyes up. You know, it's, uh, uh, I've heard of, you know, and you see it in movies sometimes now where, you know, soldiers are on the battlefield and they're kind of making their way through an area and, and they're watching their, you know, their leaders leading them into various dangerous territory. And then uh, there comes this command, eyes up. You know, in other words, be aware because we're in enemy territory, something, you know, you want to be aware of what's going on around you so that you can be ready uh, when, when something unfolds or explodes and that kind of thing. Well, in, in terms of the prophetic landscape, as we love to talk about, I love going through those parts of scripture uh, and doing so in a way that isn't just sensationalized. Uh, you know, I, 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 I really, really believe that as a, a, an integral part of discipleship for believers, really in the spirit of Paul with the Thessalonian believers, uh, having just spent such a brief time with them, but in that brief time, having taught them about last things, uh, pretty, uh, you know, uh, in, a, in a pretty sweeping way. And so um, I just believe that should be a part of our diet as believers. And so in studying prophecy, we want to consider what the Bible has to say about it in order that we might not see the cues as they happen around us. The Bible's been very descriptive about a number of things that are going to happen in the last days. Two particular events that uh, that we need to be aware of and watching for, and, and two events that are uh, simultaneously unfolding and, and, and are, are moving forward uh, at various paces, but are both really in play, are uh, the scenario that is uh, described in Ezekiel chapters 38 and 39, the battle that takes place in and around Israel uh, by a nation, Russia, uh, or Magog, led by her leader, Gog, um, ultimately coming against Israel. The other is Daniel's 70th week. And as I've mentioned, uh, I typically mention when we talk about these things, uh, I think these are two separate events, and I think that Ezekiel 38 and 39 take place prior to Daniel's 70th week. And there's debate about that, I certainly admit, but that's where I stand on that. So. Uh, but in any case, those two events, I think, are currently in process of unfolding before us. Uh, we've spoken recently in a couple of podcasts regarding uh, the scenario that Ezekiel describes uh, and how the uh, Russian uh, buildup around Ukraine and now their entrance into Ukraine uh, may be uh, contributing to that unfolding. Uh, it may be that Putin is sending a message to those nations that he's uh, been feeding uh equipment and training and personnel to in that to let them know that uh, he does have the teeth to go ahead and, and, and to lead them in some capacity. Well, uh, again, I don't want to speculate about too much into that, but it would appear that at the very least, uh, Putin is not afraid to go ahead and use military might to accomplish his purposes. Well, one day those purposes are going to be focused on Israel. And so in some sense, this is playing a part into prep, uh, preparing for that very thing. Uh, whether or not it grows directly out of it or not, we'll see in the days to come. And I would imagine we would see in the, you know, not too distant future if that's where this is going to go. We always, and I mentioned in the last post that we always want to, again, approach this with a sense that it may very well be that God does not necessarily bring that scenario fully to pass, but it may just be another reminder of how quickly it could. But one of these times it's going to. One of these times the, the pin is going to be pulled and this grenade's going off. So, that being said, that scenario is unfolding. The other one is Daniel's 70th week, uh, where Antichrist will come on the scene with the breaking of the first seal. Uh, he'll sign a peace covenant with Israel. Uh, ultimately, um, he'll violate that, that covenant midway uh, through that last
last seven-year period, and then, of course, he will lead a, a, a confederation of nations together. Actually, confederation is a willing uh, partnership, but we'll see how willing those nations necessarily are. Uh, but there will be a, a group of nations behind Antichrist, ultimately, um, coming against Jesus himself at his second coming. Well, as I was, uh, you know, I, I normally spend some time with the Lord in the morning, and then afterward, um, you know, we'll kind of go through my Twitter feed and go through various news outlets and just get a sense of what's going on today and, you know, what events are unfolding and what's happening and all that. Um, and so I was reminded this morning as I was flipping through, I came across one of those headlines that just kind of brought back to the fore the idea of not just the Great Reset, but even sort of phase two of the Great Reset or a, a, another step into the Great Reset. And that is has to do with what is called the Great Narrative, where uh, um, basically the idea of, 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 of sort of setting the story of why the Great Reset will be such a necessary thing, not just a good idea, but a necessary thing for mankind to fall in behind. Uh, it's, by now, you're no stranger to the name Klaus Schwab. Uh, he was COVID-19, the Great Reset. Um, uh, shareholder capitalism, uh, stakeholder capitalism, I'm sorry, it's a book against shareholder capitalism, but it's stakeholder capitalism. Uh, the, uh, the Great Narrative is another book that uh, uh, he's written. Well, I, I want to I just bring these things up now. We're going to continue to post about these things with more specific uh, insight into some of these things. But mostly today, I just want to take really just a few minutes and, uh, and just encourage you as a believer, as a follower of Jesus Christ, uh, to make sure that your head's in the game, to make sure your eyes are up, your ears are up, you're, you're listening, you're watching, you're paying attention. Uh, you're not, you know, that, that you have a good, clear, biblical sense of what to expect in the days to come. And again, we always want to measure that with a sense that, you know, not every single event is necessarily going to have massive ramifications. But we do want to recognize that pieces on the board are being moved, that there are agreements and such being made. There are activities that are going to have repercussions and are going to push the, uh, the world, really, in, in, uh, in a direction that has been spoken of very, very plainly by Scripture. Uh, the Lord has given us this insight so that we might recognize the times in which we're living. Um, you know, there's an expression, you want to pay attention to the signs of the times. Jesus uh, kind of admonished the, uh, uh, well, flatly rebuked, honestly, the, the religious leaders in his time for not recognizing the signs of his coming the first time. They should have known as students of Scripture, as premier students of Scripture, they should have known when Jesus was coming the first time. Well, likewise, we should be aware of his coming the second time. And subsequently, there are uh, preceding that, uh, the, the rapture of the church. I may have been using the word subsequent wrong this entire time. But prior to his second coming, the rapture of the church even. And regardless of where you stand on the timing of the rapture, we know it comes prior to the second coming, uh, in, at least in some capacity, right? Well, I, I have a whole preacher of you, no, no uh, surprise to any of you. But um, we should be, my, my intent's not to get into a thing about that per se, but just to recognize that we are not just looking for the signs of the times, but when you recognize the signs of the times that are happening around us right now, it's kind of hard to uh, miss the fact that we're actually living in the times of the signs. Uh, we are living in a time right now where, again, these two major events, Ezekiel uh, 38 39's unfolding uh, in and around Israel, and then, of course, the larger global unfolding of, of the events that will eventually lead to the arrival of Antichrist and the world's readiness to receive him. Uh, 
uh, this is where we talk about stuff like, you know, uh, like Canada, for example, and, and practically declaring martial law and going after people's bank accounts and stuff if they are protesting, the kind of iron-fisted kind of uh, leadership that um, is abhorrent and rejected by pretty much anybody, but anytime it happens, it begins to sort of numb the sensitivities on some level for many. And so when we see all these events happening, we just want to factor them in to the overall unfolding of what we know the scripture says is going to happen. So again, this is really not intended to be an in-depth thing, really just a few minutes uh, where I want to just give strong encouragement uh, as believers, as students of scripture, uh, as those who are looking with anticipation for the coming of Christ, again, both to establish his kingdom and even prior to that, coming to bring his bride home, to sweep her off her feet and bring her home. Of course, we will return with him when he establishes his kingdom. But we want to look for those things. And in, and in response to that, to live as though we were living, uh, as though we're expecting him to come. So encouragement, that's really the, the point of this. Um, be ready, have your eyes up, your ears open, Pay attention to what's going on. Don't stick your head in the sand. Uh, take the opportunities that you have to help people understand that the scriptures have spoken about a number of the things we see happening today uh, and that this is intended for us to know and to understand uh, so that when these things finally fully unfold, we'll understand them and see them. We'll be ready for them. We'll be living our lives with the expectation that some of these things are, are, are gonna be difficult to get through. Um, I believe the rapture could happen at any moment, but there's no guarantee the rapture will happen before, say, an Ezekiel 38 and 39 scenario. Uh, that's going to have repercussions. For example, just one, one item I will bring in here as, as kind of a point to consider. Uh, our president uh, yesterday talked about how the sanctions that are going to come against Russia are going to be felt by everybody, including us. Uh, in other words, uh, the, the repercussions of those sanctions are going to cost us, uh, are going to force us to have to kind of, you know, buckle down a little bit and can expect some higher pricing on some things. Uh, we can talk about the economics of all of that kind of thing. But imagine uh, uh, a, a war that potentially might even have nuclear implications, uh, but at the very least is going to have uh, is going to have far reaching impact. Uh, Iran will be involved in that. Uh, other oil producing countries will be involved in that. Russia, of course, is going to be spearheading it. Well, if you think the stock market's been affected by Russia invading Ukraine, imagine what's going to happen to the stock market when Russia and all of these other nations attack Israel. So uh, if we're not raptured prior to that, we should be ready for the kinds of economic repercussions that will come. We should be preparing for that kind of thing. Uh, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a doom and gloom guy. I'm not a go jump in the bunker right now kind of a guy. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't be wise and prudent about how we prepare for the things that the Bible has told us are coming. To think that they're going to happen in a vacuum uh, far, far away and have no real implications or ramifications for us uh, would be naive. And so let me encourage you to think about uh, the fact that if we're preparing for Jesus coming and we're preparing for Ezekiel 38 as an actual literal scenario that's going to happen, then we should be thinking in terms of what that means practically as well. So that being said, uh, again, what was going to be a few minutes has gone a little longer, but my intention here really is just intended to bring some strong, strong encouragement to be living as though we really believed that the things that the scriptures say are gonna to come to pass really are. So be encouraged in that direction and be praying for one another, uh, be um, looking for his coming, let that affect you. 
from Lord Jesus, Maranatha. So, Father, we just thank you and praise you that, uh, Father, while we talk about these things, and on one hand, they might seem a little dire because we know there will be implications, we know that you've told us in advance that we might be excited at the prospect of you bringing, uh, ultimately, human history to a crescendo and the coming of Christ's kingdom is right there as well. And so we just pray that, Father, that would truly take root deep in our hearts and the hope that is commensurate with that, that, Lord, we would look with longing and anticipation for Jesus to come, both to snatch away his bride, to sweep us off our feet and bring us home, but also to establish his kingdom, the promised kingdom that has been promised throughout the Old Testament. Uh, from the earliest times, we know that you have promises that you've made to your people Israel, and that as beneficiaries, grafted into the vine as the church is, we are we are with them looking for that kingdom to come. So Father, we um, ask you to use us, ask you to keep our hands on the plow, but our eyes uh, looking up for your coming, uh, for Jesus' coming, that Father, we would recognize the, the beautiful and very, very deliberate place in history that you've placed us and help us to be the light and salt that you want us to be in these days. Surely you want us to be this uh, in the days leading up to Christ's coming. So thank you, Father, for the hope. Thank you that you're with us every step of the way. Thank you that even if things get really, really, really difficult, uh, Jesus said, in this world, we will have tribulation, but we can be of good cheer and ought to be of good cheer because he, in fact, has overcome the world. One day we'll see that fully realized, but even now he stands with us and leads us. So we thank you for this. We bless you and praise you for all of this and, uh, and ask it all lifted up in Jesus' name. Amen.